Hello, and welcome to episode 24 of Rider Break. I'm your host, Eager Devil, and uh, here it finally is the long awaited conclusion to my review of Superhero Tyson Grand Prix Kamen Rider 3. Uh, months in the making, and at long last, here it is, a bit later than I wanted it to be, but uh, this has been a chaotic week uh, for me, particularly health wise, because just a couple hours ago, I got, I don't know what it is, it's like the stomach flu or something like that, but I was in a really bad shape. I've been sleeping all day, and when I've not been sleeping, uh, I've been doing stuff you probably don't want to hear about. So, yeah, it, it has not been pleasant, and um, hopefully I'm I'm getting over it. I'm just now able to kind of start holding down some liquids again. So, yeah, I don't know. This came out of nowhere, and, it, you know, just perfect timing, right? Because I'm trying to work on this podcast, and here we are. Now, fortunately, I'm on vacation, actually, uh, for the next couple of weeks, so that's good. You know, I have some time off to rest and recover and uh, hopefully get to work on some other things, ride or break related, in the near future. But for the moment, this is the uh, conclusion of the Ride of 3 review. And uh, once again, I must uh, state that this was recorded months ago, <laughs> back in like Mar- around March, April. So there's a lot of stuff we're going to talk about here that is uh, now out of date, including some speculation. Uh, some we were talking about the drive and um, the Ninja crossover, like it just happened, whereas it's you know now months ago and is out on DVD and everything already. Uh, and Rider Four, of course, which will be coming out on DVD and Blu-ray uh, next month, I think September 9th. Now I haven't seen all of that yet. I know some people have. Uh, and I've heard things about it, but I can't confirm or deny any of them. So I'm going to give that one its own proper review, watch through. Maybe like, I don't know, I'll I'll, I'll think about how I'm going to do it, but uh, it should be fun. But uh, yeah, so there's that, and, and this is Rider 3. We're going to finish it off right here in just a bit. Before we get to that, though, uh, I want to bring up a piece of news that came out over the past week. And that is that, sadly, Masayuki Izumi... Uh, best known to us as Yuji Kiba, the horse orphanoc in Fies, uh, passed away just at the age of 35. Um, I believe it was on July 28th uh, in Tokyo, and um, the, his agency released a statement uh, a couple days later. So, um, yeah, this news caught everybody off guard, myself included. Uh, you know, I'm always trying to brace myself for... Uh, when actors and staff and, and people people who have worked on Kamen Rider, people who have been in Kamen Rider, you know, they won't be around forever. And, and I kind of try to, you know, prepare myself for the, for those when, when that comes. But uh, it's never easy. And it's it's hard enough with the older guys, you know. I mean, when uh, Shigeru Araki passed away a few years ago, that was a big shock too. And he was in his 60s, but even then... Uh, you know, seem to be in, in good health and everything. So when any, whenever it's somebody, uh, you know, younger from like the Heisei era shows, it's it's a real shock, uh, you know, doubly so. And um, as far as I know, uh, when it comes to uh, Izumi, apparently he was ill for quite some time. I don't know with what, unfortunately. I don't know what the cause was. 
but uh, he had basically retired from acting a couple years ago, as I understand it, like, you know, regular acting. And, um, yeah, I don't know. So, you know, whatever it was, it was a, a, a long struggle. And, uh, you know, sadly, it, this is how it played out. But, um, you know, it, it's it, it's a, it's a tough thing to talk about, I'll tell you. I don't, I'm kind of struggling for the words right now. So... I know that for a lot of people, you know, Fize was one of their first writers, or maybe their first, and Kiba is such a integral part of that show. I would almost call him the, at least the co-protagonist, you know. Everybody knows that Kusaka or Kaiza is the secondary writer, of course. But in a lot of ways, I think uh, Kiba, the horse orphanok, is like the secondary character. I mean, it's all it, the show begins with him, and it almost ends with him, and there's a period where he is Fize. He is the hero, essentially, and we're not really sure what Takami is. He's kind of, you know, it, things get complicated. But um, I really should rewatch Fize again because I've got the Blu-ray sitting here. Now more than ever, it seems like a good time to do that. So, uh, you know, it's it, it's tough. Like, I, I admit, I haven't seen uh, Izumi in a lot of stuff outside of Ryder, outside of Fies and a really funny cameo in the Blade movie. But uh, I would like to see more now. You know, I'd like to go back and, and see some of the other things he did because uh, it's just, a, it's a real shock. You know, he's one of those guys that is in a show a couple years ago and then you think he'll be around forever. You know, you never, you can never anticipate stuff like this happening. Um, and uh, I, I've said this uh, a couple times in the last few weeks, but I was actually really lucky. I got to meet him very briefly. It was at a super festival. That's a, sort of an annual, well, not, not annual, more like uh, um, like every, every year it happens like three or four times. Um, that's an event in Tokyo. It's a big kind of collector show, hobby show, you know, lots of people selling stuff. But they also get guest stars. And uh, in the last few years, it's kind of, they've, they've had fewer guest stars that I noticed. Like they'll have like a big one, you know, some t classic tokusatsu actor, uh, maybe two or something like that. But, uh, a couple of years ago, this would have been around, I think 2010, maybe 2009, 2010. Uh, they had a whole bunch at this one show. And I remember, uh, Moritsugu, um, or, or Dan, you know, ultra seven was there and, and Anne as well. They were kind of the big names, um, the one that got me to go was that, uh, Hizuru Ono was there, Junko from V3, where, you know, she was the first Kamen Rider actor I really got to meet, like, close up, uh, and that was a real, you know, a great memory for me, but, um, Izumi was there as well, I believe, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was that one, if it wasn't that one, it was the next one, uh, unfortunately, because I've been to so many now, it's kind of, my, my memory is a little foggy. Um, but he was there and I remember getting to meet him really briefly. Uh, and you know, he was everything you'd hoped. Like he was a really sweet guy, really classy. Uh, again, it was really brief. So I didn't get to say much more than, you know, thank you and shake his hand and everything. But you know, even then it's like when you meet your heroes, as they say, you know, you shouldn't, but, uh, and then they turn out to be awesome and, and everything that you hoped, you know, it's always a great feeling. So you know, in retrospect, I do feel a little bad because 
I was going there, you know, for uh, somebody else mainly. And it was kind of like, oh, yeah, and him too, you know, <laughs> sort of like he was the, you know, the, the guy that was a bit further down the tier than, than my reasoning for going. But even then, you know, still a really cool guy, really great, uh, glad that I could meet him. And, you know, I guess it's it's just one of those things where, like, because he's a younger guy, you kind of assume, you just think, oh, well, he'll be around forever. You know, he'll he'll be back in many things. He'll be back to the shows. He'll be in more shows on TV. Uh, he'll be, you know, he'll have this long, illustrious career ahead of him and all that. So it's just that sort of thing, I think, where you, you kind of, you feel that with a lot of the younger generation. You kind of just take them for granted in a way almost. And, um stuff like this is just this reminder that yeah you have to you have to kind of cherish every every moment so if you're ever you know if you ever find yourself with the opportunity to meet somebody from from rider or anything that you've enjoyed even if they're not like your number one guy you still you know take it but you know in retrospect now i am really glad that i did get to meet him because in in you know some small way every actor who has been in Comrade, like everybody who's been in it, you know, whether it's a show that is one of my favorites or, or one that I, you know, I like or, or just kind of like or whatever, they all, you know, they all leave an impact on me. Yeah, everybody who who has worked on Comrade, behind the scenes or in, in front of the scenes, because it's, you know, it's my favorite thing. Uh, I, I often say the original writer is my favorite show in the world uh, of all time ever. And, you know, the series, the franchise, it's my number one thing. I mean, I like a lot of things in life, but to me, you know, Kamarara is the one that I will always stick with uh, until the end of, you know, until my time has come. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's um, it's just, it's a tough thing to to sit here and, and kind of eulogize. But, uh, you know, I... The, the best way to approach it, I think, is to honor his memory. Remember the fact that, you know, you liked him if you if you did uh, in Fize. And, I th- you know, honestly, I think a lot of people, Fize is one of those shows, you know, everybody has an opinion on, of course, as with any show. But I think most people, probably everybody can agree that, you know, he was good in it. You know, if nothing else. Say what you will about the writing of the character or, you know, where he ultimately ended up or, or whatever. But I think, you know, Izumi, he did a pretty good job really making Kiba into this sympathetic character that you really wanted to see, you know, where where were they going to take this guy? Because I remember at the time, you know, up until that point, we're kind of, we're used to, or we're kind of conditioned to believe that, you know, monsters in Comrade are evil. You know, you might get one that's kind of, uh, you know, a little bit more complicated in terms of, of their allegiance or alignment or whatever. But most of the time, you know, if you're on the bad guy team, then you're a bad guy. And Fize was the one that sort of really started the trend, I think, of the villain race not being one way or the other. I mean, the the villain race idea had been something that, that had come out a couple years earlier. You know, Kuga had it, Agito had it. Ryuki had it, arguably. And, um, but even then, it's like, you know, all the Grongi, for the most part, are pretty much bad guys. All the unknown are bad guys. The monsters, even the ones that are good, you know, it's only because they've, you've made the contract with them, but they're still going to eat you if you don't keep feeding them, that kind of thing. And Fai's brought in the idea that, you know, just because somebody's an Orphanok doesn't mean they're going to be evil. 
which at the time I think was a really, you know, really groundbreaking, really cool idea. Uh, it's been done a lot since, and I think Fize is still one of the times when it's been done the best, just because it was, since that was the first time they were doing it, it really felt fresh, and they, you know, they had some really interesting ideas about what, what makes you, uh, you know, what makes you evil, or, or what makes you a monster, that kind of thing, and, and really, um, the character of Kiba, the horse Arafnak, encapsulates that, but, um, yeah, I mean, the, and and the show started with him too. You know, the show kicks off with him, and and unfortunately, in retrospect, you know, we all know what happens at the beginning of the show. But uh, you know, that's the kind of thing you can't really help. So, you know, that what I'm just trying to say basically is like, you know, look back on Fies and and kind of isolate that, and, and you know, remember if that's what you remember him best for, then and there it is. Maybe you've seen something else that he was in. I certainly would like to see more stuff. Uh, that he was in now but um yeah i don't know i'm kind of just rambling at this point but i hopefully you get what i'm <laughs> trying to get at which is that i you know i like this guy a lot i i'm gonna miss him uh, i wish that we'd gotten to see more of him in another show you know coming back in in sort of the same sort of capacity that some of the other uh heisei actors like the sort of the secondary and the, the tertiary characters they've come back as different characters and uh and really kind of you know developed into the the next generation if you will because that's how a lot of the you know a lot of the old shows i mean guys like fujioka you know it will always be rider one but then you had some other characters uh or some other actors i should say who would play multiple characters like miyuchi or, or even you know even people who weren't the series head just somebody who was in a couple shows uh and one of my favorites of course is uh the actor for Apollo Geist, uh, Uchida, who was, you know, he was in that. He was in a couple of small cameos in other shows. He's probably, his second biggest role is he's one of um, Jojin Bibiun. He's one of those three guys. And, like, he was just a really cool actor, you know, really fun to see, always fun to see him pop back up. So it's the same kind of thing now where when somebody who has been in something uh appears you know in something else it's just it's fun to see i actually i was watching some ultraman max the other day and it's funny that the actors for uh kanzaki shiro um you know the brother in ryuki and kitaoka uh or zolda they both appear in that show as the same alien race like in different episodes like there's a huge gap between them but it's just really funny that they cast you know two guys who had been in one show in another show in very similar roles but uh yeah that kind of stuff is cool to see so you know uh you know izumi i'm gonna miss you and thank you for all that you brought me and and so many others and uh you know wherever you are now i i hope it's a better place and i like to imagine that you know all the writer actors and, and personalities they go off to the great tachibana amigo up in the sky um, that's my personal belief, but you know, wherever, wherever he is now, I hope, uh, I hope he has found peace. So, um, yeah, with that said, let's, uh, let's move on to a month's old review of a movie that is now out and that you've probably seen. So you can, uh, play a drinking game at all the times when I misremember things or get them wrong, uh, and have some laughs. Uh, cause once again, uh, you know, I was joined by Craig for this and we had a good time. 
as I, you know, basically narrated the movie. And um, there's one part in here I got to mention that it, I still crack up to uh, listening to. It's probably not even that funny, but it's when when uh, Deneb makes his grand appearance in the movie. Uh, we both did our best Deneb impersonations. <laughs> I don't think they were that good, but uh, it was funny. So listen out for that. And Yuto, is, he's, he's, he's going along for the ride with this. So he's like, you know, Rider One, what's going on here? And the giant computer says, you know, unfortunately, I am not Rider One. And the voice starts to change. And this is the part where I was, I was clapping and, and laughing because I was like, <laughs> I was so like, I was like, holy, like, you know, they didn't seriously do it. Because the thing is, it's it's the sort of plot twist it's, I mean, it's the kind of plot twist I would do. Like, if I were, if if I were in some alternate stream of history where where Rider Three has messed everything up, if I were writing this movie, this is exactly what I would have done because it's like it's such the perfect time to do it. The voice changes into the voice of the shocker leader who appears as this big hologram projection, and there's these panels on the giant, like the center of the computer thing that rotate around and form the, the Shocker logo, and it says, like, Shocker in big letters, and I'm like, that's awesome! And uh, Tachibana turns into Hiru Chameleon, uh, which is kind of a cool touch, because that was one of his powers in the original show, was that not only, you know, could he turn into Black Shogun, who, who he actually was, but he could also turn into other people. Like, he could, you know, impersonate other people and stuff, so... Which was, you know, it was a cool sort of red herring because up to that point you know the the leaders when they turn to monsters uh like that's it you know you get you get one alternate identity as it were and and there it is so to have a guy who kind of could buck that trend and be like i turn into a monster but then the monster can turn into anybody like that was really cool so they do that here so yeah there is a part of, of me that's kind of like oh you know they had they finally brought in tachibana comics tachibana but it's not really him uh, but at the same time, I was like, well, maybe that's for the best because, you know, I, I like ta I like comics Tachibana, but ultimately when I hear that name, I think of the TV version and I think they probably they wanted to kind of preserve his memory, you know, so. But it was it's a fun little idea to bring in the, the comic one here as a sort of fake out. But so, uh, yeah, the giant shocker leader computer rises out of the ground and uh and yuto's like holy crap and he's like running away from it. it's a really cool scene it, it very much reminded me of in daitetsujin 17 uh mr brain at the at the end <laughs> rises out of the base and it was just like that really cool i mean this is this was just one of those scenes where it's like i'm watching this and i'm like i you know it, the rest of the movie after this could be god awful and uh it doesn't matter because this i got my money's worth out of this sequence like i'm having so much fun right now watching this it's it's really cool so the leader reveals this is not rider town this is shocker town and all the bad guys show up all the monsters just coming down the steps uh and it's really cool because they got a bunch of the real sort of heavy hitters you know sort of the big leaders are here jark shogun is there and weather dopant utopia uh sagittarius phoenix demushu whatever his name was from gaim uh dom from uh gorgum black like yeah all, all the big guys really cool and uh amongst them of course is hero chameleon who turns back into black shogun and uh 
Kuroi, he comes walking down. So he reveals, yes, yes, I am a villain. I have been evil this whole time. And uh, so, you know, Yuto's like, great. You know, I walked right into a trap. <laughs> I should have seen this coming. Because remember, he he didn't really trust uh, Rider 3 at all at first. But he kind of was swayed by him over, over their interactions with each other. So, you know, he kind of, this is like a bitter pill to swallow for him to find out I've been... I've, you know, I've been betrayed by you. You suckered us all in. And, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Like, you know, Rider 3 is like, that's right. I, you know, I got one over on you guys. You thought I had turned on Chaka, but no. It actually, quite the opposite. So this is really cool because it's actually, it's kind of an, an inversion of what they do in all the other superhero Tyson movies, or, or at least in, in the first one and in Rider Tyson, where... You know, the good guys pretend to fight each other, pretend to be bad or whatever, just to lure the bad guys into a trap. And and this is the opposite, where we had we had a guy that, like, the audience knew was kind of a shifty character, because at the beginning he defeats the double riders. But, you know, then throughout the rest of the movie, we kind of haven't been sure, because it's like, well, is he is he really trying to... Is he trying to make amends for, for what he did before? Is he trying to... Uh, you know, or is he is he lying? Like we didn't quite know, and he sort of, it like I was actually kind of you know this was a, a twist where it's like on the one hand I knew, I kind of like when it happened I'm like okay that makes sense, but at the same time it still was kind of a surprise. I was like wow okay so he really is a bad guy. I like I liked it like I liked how it, it all played out, but yeah so it, it looks like Yuto's pretty much screwed. Fortunately, uh, Shinosuke chooses this moment to come back into the movie, and he's back in his regular clothes, too. He's he's dressed up uh, in his usual suit and tie and everything. And uh, the bad guys are, you know, they're like, what are you going to do? It's just two riders against all of us. You guys are, you know, doomed. You don't have a chance. And uh, they take this moment to reveal that Kiriko is still alive. They got her, uh, you know, captured and everything, but she's she's okay. You know, it, it, things are looking pretty bad. So, this is when Shinosuke decides it's time to invoke the uh, the title of the movie. And says, you know, he says to Black Shogun, he's like, earlier on, back during that, that go-kart racing scene, he's like, you said that, you know, the fastest are the strongest and, and they become the best and all that. So, I'm going to challenge you guys to a race. Let's Let's see once and for all who really is the fastest and the best. And what I like about this is that, like, immediately everybody, you know, everyone's kind of like, what? But at the same time, you know, Rider 3 or, or Kuroi is kind of like, he's sort of ticked off because, you know, he's been doing this whole thing about being the winner and all that and wanting to prove he's the best. He, there's this challenge and uh, he's like, all right, I'll, I'll go with that. And the leader's like, this is interesting. You know, I, I kind of want to see how this plays out. So yeah, we'll we'll do the race tomorrow, and until then, you guys can <laughs> rot in jail. <laughs> so after that, uh, Yuto and Chinosuke they get thrown into a prison cell because the race is the next morning, and Yuto's like, you know, there's no way in hell that Shocker's gonna honor honor the promise because uh, Shinosuke said that if you if I win the race, then you have to let Kiriko go and you have to let the kids go who are loyal to you anyway so i don't know what he was thinking there but yeah basically he's like let everybody go and you know they're like sure now there's no way they're gonna honor that promise of course and that's that's what yuto's saying but shinosuke is like well you know that 
Rider 3 guy, Kuroi, he went through an awful lot of trouble to just to kill us. Like, if that was the big plan, to just get it, you know, trap us and, and kill us, then he could have done that at any point. Like, this, this is kind of ridiculous, the lengths they've gone to to get us. So I think there's something else going on. And Yuto's like, you know, yeah, yeah, you got a point. And Shinosuke, he kind of starts to, he starts on another thought, but he's like, oh, wait, I'll wait till tomorrow. Like, he kind of leaves us hanging, us and Yuto. We're like, what is he going to say? Like, what, what, what's he thinking? So the next morning is the big race. Now, this is sort of like the, the giant action scene of the movie where they, they actually went to a real racetrack and uh, the bleachers, the seats are all full of shocker guys. And uh, it's it's a very strange lineup of vehicles because we've got Drive in the Triteron, mm-hmm. uh, Rider 3 in the Tricyclone, and then a bunch of random Heisei riders on their bikes. I think it's uh, Agito, Kabuto, O's, Wizard, Forze, Decade, Gaim, and maybe one or two others I'm forgetting about. And then there's Double... And he's in the giant Revel Gary vehicle in the back. Like, for whatever reason, everybody else had to bring their bikes or cars, but he's like, I'm taking this thing. Yeah, well, you know, sure. <laughs> yeah, why not? It, it was always pretty fast, you know, just it was, to get to yeah, him pretty no, quick. So. It, it was. It was. It's it's a pretty smart move. I mean, if you want to win the race. And if it gets damaged, you can, you know, eject out of it on, like, the jet mode or right. something. Well, you'd think that, <laughs> but what happens? It does get damaged, and that's not what happens. It does get damaged, yeah. But here's the thing, like all you know, so they do a thing where they introduce all the riders, and they've all been changed to Shocker riders now. So it's you know Shocker rider Forze and Shocker rider O's. That's kind of cool. And Drive is the only one who's still common rider. So everybody's against Drive. It you know the the odds are stacked against him so high. There's like no way he's going to be able to win. Which is, it, it, that's why I think this whole scene is as goofy as it is. It kind of makes sense from the villain's perspective. Because it's like, well, you know, there's no way this guy could possibly win. It, it just, you know, he's screwed. So we might as well have fun with his execution. That's that's the way they're looking at it. <laughs> okay. So, uh, they, you know, they do this, this whole kind of scene where, like, everybody's revving up. And you got the Shocker Pit crew and everything. It's really, it's pretty funny. Because uh, I think, you know, that's the thing. It's like, it's such a goofy scene, but they kind of know, it's like knowingly goofy. So they just, they have as much fun with it as they can. So, uh, you know, they, they the race starts and everybody's driving around. And it's just like, everybody's using their powers to cheat, basically. Uh, like, Rider 3, immediately he just starts shooting missiles at everybody. And uh, the, the Shocker kids, they're watching, along with um, Yuto and uh, Kiriko, they've been crucified, essentially. You know, they're like, they're, they're uh, chained up to crosses, and they got to watch all this. And uh, they're kind of like, they're a bit surprised that, like, well, Rider 3 is attacking his allies. Like, aren't they on the same side? But he's, you know, sitting in his car being like, I am the best, and, you know, screw everybody else. He's very, he's like, when, once he, once you kind of, once he is revealed as a villain, he really kind of goes nutso. Like, it's, it's pretty funny, but. Doesn't screw around. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he wants to, he wants to beat everybody. Um, and, but the thing is, I mean, they've, they have been like hinting at it all throughout the movie. Like all the other scenes when he was fighting other riders and he was kind of like going really extreme. Like it, it is all building up to the big sort of reveal 
of, of what his deal is in this scene. So uh, Drive ends up, he like spins out right at the beginning. So he's in last place and he's got to catch up. So there's this cool part where he's fighting with Wizard who he's using his ring. So he uses Big to make the giant hand come out and start smacking the road. Uh, and then he uses Bind so the chains, you know, they chain up the Trider on. And he's going to bust out of that. Mm-hmm. Now, fortunately, a lot of other guys decide to use this part of the movie to uh, come in and interfere in things. So Mock shows up at one point. <laughs> And is shooting everybody. Uh, Having been somewhere. He well, he was last seen with um Fies. Like he right. when Fies revealed that you know Rider Three is evil. So that was about like ten minutes ago. So it hasn't been that long. But yeah, he he waited to uh, until now to <laughs> come in and and make the save. And there's a really cool part when he uses uh, the stop, the uh, signal bike. And he stops a bunch of the other guys' bikes. Like, they just all immediately freeze up and, and they can't get him working and everything. That was pretty funny. Um, Fize comes in and he changes to Excel to fight Kabuto because, of course, you know, he sees Drive come up and he clocks up. And this is the part of the movie where, finally, Machine Chaser comes in with no real explanation. As, as far as I can tell, he's with the bad guys because he sees Drive... And he's like a rider who's friends with humans. You know, like, can't have that. So he pulls up next to him, and, and, you know, you think they're going to get into a fight. But then, walking over the horizon is Kotaro Minami, now in white. So he's become Comrade Black RX, because if you remember way back at the beginning... He broke his yeah, stone Yeah, he, he broke his king stone, and, and that turned him into RX, apparently. So he changes, and uh, the scene is really cool. Although I do got to talk a little bit about the RX costume in this movie because uh, what they did was they had the guy who's the original suit actor um, for RX, Jiro Okamoto, who is also black and he's also been he's been a ton of writers in in the Heisei era. Like every everybody pretty much knows him from something. I think he's also been Oja, uh, Liangle, and he does play Liangle in this movie okay. too. Cool. Um, you know, he's he's still doing it. Like he's he's in a lot of uh, a lot of uh, suits, and also you see him um, outside the suit sometimes. Like in in Ryder Tyson, he was the guy that uh, the, like the drunk guy that had, was brought to X's clinic. Like he had, I think he had like gotten in a fight or something. Great, like he'd gotten glass shards in him, and they had to like take those out. And uh, that's when like X is like, talk to me, come over and help us. Um, but anyway, so he's he's playing RX again, which is really cool. The only problem is he kind of uh, he's put on a little weight since 1988, so the RX costume it doesn't quite fit. Uh, you know how like if if um, well you've got RX over on your shelf. You know how like the green part of his armor kind of goes right down to the belt. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yep. In this, I was trying uh, to picture the suit. Yeah, yeah. In this, uh, it's kind of it's there's a slight black area where it's kind of bulging up a bit. Okay. <laughs> so it's it's the sort of thing where like you know you're gonna see it and you're gonna notice it. I know some fans in Japan they've already been making jokes about now how he's Kamada Black RXL, you know. But I I don't know. It's it's the sort of thing where like you'll see it and laugh, but at the same time it is kind of cool that like. All the movements, like everything that he's doing, it, it's right. It's the it's the original guy, so it feels uh, it feels very accurate. Uh, so anyway, so he shows up, he becomes RX, and RX jumps into his car, Rider on, 
which is all CG, because um, the original yeah. prop, I think, is is long gone. Long gone, yeah. Uh, but it does actually look pretty cool. They do a neat shot where they show the inside, like the, you know, in the driver's seat, like a real kind of extreme close-up. And mm. it, it looks like how it used to look and everything. And, cool. uh, yeah, it, it is pretty cool. And, and Rideron has these giant sort of mandibles that pop out the front. So he grabs Machine Chaser and just starts, like, spitting them around and, and slamming them into the walls. So that's pretty cool. Uh, so a lot of craziness happens, and, and Rider 3 is blowing everybody up, including one point he um, he destroys Gaim's bike and uh, the Revel Gary at the same time because he's got the kind of, like, tire shredder things that come out of the wheels. Mm-hmm. And he, he messes them up. No, Revel yeah. Gary. Yeah. Although the cool the cool thing is, uh, Drive he makes a point to try and save everybody. Like there's one part where, I think it's like Agito, and uh, somebody else. Their bikes get destroyed. So he shoots the wheels off of Trideron to like save them. <laughs> like they grab oh, onto cool. the wheels. Like yeah, this is pretty cool. But uh, eventually, it's, it like kind of comes down to him uh, to Drive and Rider Three, and. Uh, Everybody, I should note that everybody is watching this on TV. Like, this is being broadcast worldwide. So we keep kind of cutting back to this scene of, like, a crowd uh, where uh, Rina and Q, the doll guy, they're there watching. Uh, Yuto and Kirikar are watching. Like, everybody is is privy to every moment of conversation that that comes up next. Uh, Drive, he gets knocked out, like, the or the car gets knocked out, rather. And uh, Rider 3 pulls up next to him. And Rider 3 is so confident, like, you know, there's no way he's going to lose. So he can stop and and pull over and have a conversation. So he's kind of taunting Drive. And Drive says, you know, I've come to realize something. And that that is you're not mind-controlled like everybody else. Like, you didn't have the evil brain surgery or anything. Everything that you're doing is all, it's it's your choice. It's all you. Yeah. And Rider 3 is like, you know, that's right. I'm, I'm, my journey that I've been on, because he talked about that when they first met, that he was on this journey to find Rider Town. But he says, you know, the real, the real journey is that uh, I want to defeat all the riders. I want to be the strongest. I want to be the best because, you know, I want to be remembered. Because, of course, he's the rider that nobody remembers, you know, that he, that wasn't, well, that never really existed. And remember that in, in Kamen Rider, memory is how you exist in time. If exactly, no one remembers you, exactly. you cease to exist. That's established rider canon. Yep, yep. And they, they actually do bring it up later uh, at the end of the movie. Yuto says that, which is really mm. cool. So um, they have this, this nice conversation where... You know, drive. He kind of he takes his earlier words that that Rider Three has been saying to him about about winning and all that, and kind of turns it against him and says, you know, like, well, so what if if you can beat up the double riders and and beat up everybody else and all that? Like, you're just focused on the past and and how you are going to be remembered and all that. But like, what are you know, what about now? What about the present and all that? And, and Rider 3 is like, you know, those are the words of a loser, and he starts punching him out. But the important thing is that, you know, everybody else is watching this, and so it's all kind of, like, what Drive is saying is kind of getting getting into their head. And uh, we keep kind of cutting back to this one kid who's watching and is sort of looking, you know, very thoughtful. So, uh, you know, Rider 3 beats up Drive, and is like, the hell with you, and, and drives off. Uh, Because he he actually kind of has a a slight 
not a breakdown, but he gets like really mad. Like the stuff Drive is saying is like getting under his skin because I think the thing about the character, you know, like what they establish in this scene is that he's, it's really hard to describe like whether he's a, I, I, I don't think he's an anti-hero. I don't think he's a villain. He's not evil, but he does bad things. Like he's a really weird kind of character. Like it, it, he sounds like sort of the best kind of villain. The villain that's, it's more, it's interesting because he's a villain, but not for necessarily evil reasons. Yeah, he's exactly. more just broken. He's exactly. more just kind of been broken into what he does. Yeah, and it, it's very, it's very meta in the sense that like when he, the stuff he's saying. You know, it works on the level of the movie itself, but it also works on the the level of of the character outside the movie. Where yeah, Rider Three was this guy that people never even heard of until a couple months ago, for the most part. Like I didn't know about the guy until a couple of years ago, when they covered him in um, the official data files that they were releasing. This was like 2010 or 11, I think. So and it, like literally, you know, I, I've I've got a copy of the original comic, uh, a reprint. And, you know, I, I wrote about it, and, and yeah, there was, like, basically nothing to this guy, and then he was pretty much forgotten. So, it's actually, like, it's really kind of, it's a cool story to, to say, you know, what happened to this guy? Like, what would he be like if we brought him into, you know, the, the real universe and everything? Or the TV, the movie, on-screen Kamen Rider universe. And, uh, you know, they've had to create a lot of stuff for him, you know, like make up a lot of stuff for this version. But uh, it, it is like, the, it's still the basic idea of the character of, of this. I mean, he is the third writer and then was completely forgotten about, completely, you know, just forgotten by history. So this whole idea where he's like, he's kind of, I mean, really it, it comes down to he's sort of seeking... Um, Validation. Validation, yeah. <laughs> he wants validation. Yeah, he wants he wants proof that he exists. Yeah, he wants yeah. And he exactly. wants and, and he considers proof that he exists is the other writers acknowledging his greatness. Yeah, his his strength. Like if he can if he can beat them all and, and you know, not not just beat them, but like end them. Like he's gotta, you know, just beat them into nothingness until he is the last man standing. Right. So, uh, yeah, so at this point, he's driven off, and, and Drive looks pretty much screwed. Uh, so what happens is the, the people watching all over the world and, and the kid watching is uh, kind of moved by this. And so he starts cheering on. He's like, come on, Kamen Rider. And everybody at first looks kind of stunned, and there's all these shocker secret police guys who are like, shut the hell up. But then, you know, people start grabbing them and, and you got this whole scene of like the crowd cheering and, and Yuto and um, Kiriko are cheering and everybody's kind of cheering on drive. So he, uh, you know, Rider 3 is way in front, like there's no way he's going to lose. But then Tridoron shows up with these two things attached to the sides of it. So it's now flying. Uh, now, this is some power up that I think is going to be in the show and we just haven't seen it yet. So it kind of gets an early preview in the movie like they don't really say what it is or anything but uh and and type formula is somehow driving the car too that's that's let it out <laughs> he somehow fit in uh so they get this real cool scene uh where we kind of mentioned earlier it's like the fast and the furious where they you know they show the inside of try on the cylinders just pounding no. and uh they're like crashing into each other and it's it's a photo finish and drive 
just squeezed out in front. So everybody's right. all everybody's all happy. So Drive is one. But of course, you know, there's no way Shocker's gonna honor their promise. So <laughs> things things are gonna go to hell real quick. What a twist. Yep. <laughs> but we do get this really cool part where uh, Drive, you know, he gets out of the car and he changes back to Shinosuke and you've got this nice shot of Rider 3 and he's taken the helmet off, but he's still got the suit on. So I've seen a couple of photos of that. Actually. Yes, yes. It's very much like in Comrade the First and the Next. They would do that. And, and in the, the original comic, too. That was a, a thing you'd see sometimes. You'd see them with the suit on, but without the helmet. And there's a couple of there's a couple of riders where you see that, like the suit that's, gets damaged or whatever, and you can right, see the yeah. rider inside it. And... Yep, that's right. Uh, Hibiki does that too a lot. Like they would do a thing where after the fight, yep. just the mask disappears. I think that blade blade did it. That's right. Which... Yeah, blade did that with the damaged helmets. Yeah, like that, that. That's always a cool idea that you know they acknowledge the the face under the mask. Actually, um, Bokanja, oh, not Bokanja, um, Go Busters over on the Sento. over on the Sento side. They did it a few times where the suit would get really messed up, yep. and like the visors would be all shattered, and you could see them on inside the helmets and so yeah. on. I, I always liked that, like real sort of proof that they, that it was them in there. Yeah, yeah, Sentai's done that a lot. I think, like even at least I know back to Jetman and and possibly earlier. Um, yeah, I, I prefer cool. the idea of the suit getting damaged to, uh, you know, just sort of seeing. Like having someone get knocked out of henshin, yeah, is it can be very dramatic in the sense of oh, it hit him so hard it detransformed him. Yeah, but I I like seeing the I'd rather see the suit get damaged. Yeah, you know, like I I always think that'd be a more interesting. It's a, it's a more interesting visual. It is. I mean, it, I it, guess it's expensive. Yeah, it it is, and I think that's why. Like they did a lot with Kuga, where he would get you know parts of his suit cut off or smashed in or whatever sometimes yeah. but yeah it probably it probably costs a lot to do so but uh so yeah so we get him standing there and it's really cool because like this is the first time really it's the first time in the movie that rider 3 has lost anything like up until this point he's been pretty much untouchable he wins every mm. fight he's in and so losing has affected him so much that he's kind of he sort of realized, wow, I, I have been kind of a jerk this whole time. And, you know, he's like, but I don't know what to do now because I can't go back to, to work with Shocker anymore because I failed. Uh, and, and they don't take kindly to failure. But, like, he just, he doesn't know what to do. And Drive is like, well, that's, you know, that's life. Like, we you lose all the time. You just got to get up, get back on your feet and keep going. Wizard comes over and says, don't worry, I'll be your hope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they had this nice little moment, but then the leader's like, you know, screw this. So he kind of grabs up, like he has these metal tendrils that come out, and uh, he grabs Rider 3 because it turns out Rider 3 exists because he is sort of this personification of the will of the leader. Like he's he was so pissed off after losing to Kamen Rider that he's like, I'm going to screw up Rider history. Uh, so Rider 3 is, is come about as a result of that, and he's actually sort of essential because his existence and the leader's existence are tied into the reason time is all messed up. So he kind of merges with Rider 3, and the giant computer turns into the giant Rider Robo, uh, which is a giant robot that kind of looks like Common Rider. Mm-hmm. Um 
because we got to get a giant robot in the movie for you know who that's coming up real soon. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, and he he kind of reveals that like I am you know I'm the source of everything, and and Chinosuke works out that yeah you know if if we destroy you then that'll undo everything like that'll that'll fix history and all that. So it's he's kind of like this giant like the the giant computer slash robot machine thing is is sort of what's causing history to be in this messed up state and and Rider Three is like the central circuit of it almost. Okay. So uh, he's like, you know, all right, my evil riders destroy him. So basically every rider, like everybody else, except for, you know, the ones who have been good thus far. So Drive, um, Mock, RX, Fies, and uh, Zeranos, but he's still chained up. Uh, he, you know, he, every, all the other guys, they show up and they start attacking Drive. So this is the scenes we've seen uh, in some of the trailers where it looks like Drive is fighting everybody. Like he's running through a crowd. Yeah, in like around. a um, like a foundry or a yes. factory. Yeah, yeah, like the whole final fight is in this kind of this cool like factory slash quarry area. It looked like the sort of the same area as when um, they did the Excel movie. Yeah, yeah, it does. I remember the end when he fights? Yep, the uh, uh, yeah. soldier Dobon, I think, or commander. Yeah, yeah. it's where he, he uses the boost. I think it's called. I want to yeah. say the yellow one. Yep, the flag one. Yep. Um, really cool, very classic rider kind of location because they're always fighting quarries back in the old days. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, everybody's fighting him, and, it, and this it was, hasn't changed that much. Yeah, no, everyone's fighting him, and this was pretty cool. And, and something I liked is they remembered uh, rider in Rider Tyson, they gave X that cool power where he could like throw out the the spinning X's. You know, at yeah. the end of the movie, he's doing that here against um, Shinosuke, who he. He transforms and he has all the tires flying around him. It's really cool. You like to block them and stuff. So he's yeah. fighting everybody. And, well, he uh, can do that. In, is that in formula? No, he's he goes back to uh, back to type speed. Like formula was just in that last scene, and then he went back to human form. Because I thought that formula was the one that could manipulate all the tires at once. I think it is but uh for whatever reason he does it here too like he just has all the tires flying around him i guess if the cars were willing to do it because it's the the uh whatchamacallit cars that yeah, allow him to guys. do it so, shift cars so i mean if the shift cars are like we'll all let you the tires flick out who knows whatever yep. yeah stop thinking yep so he's fighting everybody and um you know uh let's see gen is up with uh kiriko and uh yuto and the kids they've decided that you know they've been so moved by the actions of drive that they're like screw shocker we're we're gonna help out so they start releasing yuto and kiriko and gen is like you damn kids so he turns into cheetah snail and gets blasted right off the top of the bleachers by at long last deneb who shows up and you know, of course of course yuto's like took you long enough and <laughs> deneb's like yeah. yuto but yeah, it's pretty cool. He uses the finger guns that he's got. So uh, Yuto transforms into zero form, and uh, Deneb turns into, you know, the, I think it was the Denebic Buster, was the name of the gun? gun. Yeah. Uh, so they're fighting that guy, uh, Cheetah Snail, but then, you know, more riders start showing up to help out, so Xeranos has to fight them. Then the Blade guys show up, along with uh, Tachibana, uh, like Garen Tachibana. Uh, but they actually, they're all good now. Like, once again, you know, the the speech made earlier 
turn them back to good or something. And uh, Tachibana, he has this cool line where he, he kind of references, I think it's a line from the from Blade, like near the end when he says, you know, I've lost everything, but I still have my friends that I believe in. So he transforms. And this is this is the cool part where, like, he transforms and the big card flies out and, it, like, smacks right into, I think it's Forza and Hibiki, and, like, sends them flying and then goes back onto him and he becomes Garen. Uh, Rx joins in, Fies joins in, so we get this huge fight. It, it's it's a little confusing because it's like everybody fighting everybody, and it's not, you know, unlike last time, it's not old riders and new riders or anything. It's just like everybody who's good and everybody who's evil, or, or mind controlled. Yeah, uh, Blade Drive, Blade Drive, and Z- and D- and uh, what's his name? Um, Zero. Zeranos. Uh, Zeranos. Yeah. They're good. They're good. Well, all, all the all the Blade guys are good. Yeah, that's all what I mean. Four, so the Blade guys are good. The yeah. Drive guys are good. Fize is good. Fize is good. And uh, RX, they're good. Right. So they're fighting everybody, uh, and this is pretty cool. Like it's it's a it's a pretty cool fight because they're using a lot of their powers and stuff. You know, it's not it's not just like a bunch of guys standing around punching each other, but they're actually like using their unique moves and things. So that's kind of cool. Like Forze's flying around on the rocket. There's a there's a really funny part where Gaim does his rider kick i think into rx and gets like knocked out of the sky you know like he's about to hit him and then he, he goes flying backwards yeah so no, they're having they're having a lot of fun hitting each other and the whole time the giant uh rider robo great leader he's like shooting at them he's got like these chain gun arms and he doesn't care if he hits his own guys you know the because they're just the riders so he's like die riders and he's shooting at everybody and uh you know things are looking pretty bad so he's about to, at one point, he's about to reach down and crush Drive, because the good guys are, you know, way outnumbered and outgunned and everything. But then he stops and he's like starts to kind of lose control of himself. And uh, the giant rob- robot, it's got a sort of like a rider belt almost, like a center kind of orb thing that starts kind of like sucking in all this energy. It's like, what the hell is going on? And then we hear the voices of Rider 1 and Rider 2 who reveal that they did, in fact at some point transfer their consciousness to the big computer and uh they've kind of been biding their time and and using the energy of time itself or something like that <laughs> to uh mm-hmm. reconstitute themselves mm-hmm. so like there's this kind of this sort of vortex opens up and they come jumping out which um you know it actually kind of made sense because it it's you know they're saying that like if if the great leader can screw up history using Rider 3 and create this, you know, alternate timeline and everything. Then they can kind of do it too because, you know, they're, they're using the same... They're basically using the same thing that he used just against him. Um, out time. Sure, millions of people are probably dying under Shocker's <laughs> evil rule. But, you know, it's a plan. Well, the thing is, the thing is, though, I don't think it's that... It's not like they knew that was going to happen i mean or like they weren't you know aware of it it's because it's like it's them from the 70s i think right like i don't know it's it's it, it makes sense it's like it's better than so they jump out and they're like it, who but... the hell are all of you guys <laughs> well no of course they know who everybody is because come rider and actually even better than that it's like because rider one and two didn't die now because they exist that undoes the you know the evil like nobody got turned evil in the first place so they're kind of like they're changing 
the changing time as it happens almost it's it's weird but you know again it's like that i was okay with all this because it's like it's the same logic that the rest of the movie's been working on it's just the good guys are doing it now mm-hmm. you know i mean this this whole idea that like you know time is only screwed up as long as the great leader and, and rider three exist so i don't know it like I, you know it was the sort of thing where it's like yeah this is this is crazy nonsense pseudoscience but like the movie at least it did establish it like it within the within the story that the movie is telling this all makes perfect it's, sense it's <laughs> consistent crazy science yeah exactly uh so everybody's kind of like you know they're like what have we been doing like what happened consistent crazy science is the name of my new band yep <laughs> so they're like you know what have we been doing like what's going on and uh so everybody you know uh everybody's back to normal so this is when the bad guy, like the the monsters, all show up. Like the the army of monsters appears, led by uh, Hiro Chameleon and Cheetah Snail. So we get this big rumble. Everybody's fighting each other, like you know, good guys and bad guys. And the uh, great leader reveals he's got this beam that can literally erase riders from existence, like just take them out of history. Because Jay shows up, he starts punching up the giant robot, and gets zapped out of history. Uh, and then a bunch of other riders get zapped in kind of a weird, odd way where, like, you'll see a scene where, like, this beam is shooting out and it hits certain guys, but not all of them. Because uh, they need to leave, like, enough riders for the, the fight that's going to come up next. Right. So so it's weird. So, like, basically, like, the only guys left standing are, like, everybody who's, you know, played by an original actor or, I think, um, V3, Stronger, Super 1, uh, Wizard and o's are left uh so you know the good guys are, are looking pretty doomed because one more blast of that and they're all finished like even with rider one and two there to, to lead everybody it's you know it's still they're outnumbered they're outgunned and there's a giant robot with a history erasing beam aimed right at them fortunately rider three comes smashing through his chest and uh, he tries to fire it, but he can't because Rider 3 was the essential part. Like, he is the reason that, you know, he's able to race stuff from history. So, you know, the, the leader's pretty mad now. And uh, Rider 1 and 2 are like, you know, good job, Rider 3, you did it. But if we defeat the leader, that will mean you won't exist anymore because it's going to undo everything. Yeah. So I think that's why maybe, like, the whole, you know, you said earlier about, you know, millions of people dying and all that. It's not such a big deal because if they, you know, if the good guys win, it's all going to be undone anyway. So, yeah, (laughs) it's like that. So there's this nice part where, you know, Rider 2 is like, are you okay with that? And and Rider 3, he kind of thinks for a minute and he's like, well, you know, that's the that's the path of a a rider. You know, that's I will I will live as a a true rider then and and go down swing. So they're like, all right, so everybody gets geared up and. The next part is the best scene in the movie to me, because they play "Let's Go Rider Kick," the like the original Comrade theme song, like the original version, um, well, the, cool. the second version, the uh, not the one sung by Fujioka, but you know, like the the most famous iconic one, and uh, it's so cool. Like you know, they're playing that and everybody's fighting, and it's just like it's real, like a real old school Comrade scene. Yeah, pretty awesome. Uh, eventually, Drive gets knocked aside, and the, the ninjas show up. 
they all appear uh they say let's you know leave this big robot to us and they all transform and there's a, some funny little business between them and drive had you, see, had you seen them transform before or anything with them i had up to this point i had only seen the end of a couple episodes uh, and so you it, hadn't seen the ninja? Yeah, no. Ninja. No, I hadn't seen that. Uh, I do. I like the transformation though. It's pretty cool. Does it show? Does it show the full thing? Like the the flashing with the shurikens hitting them over the faces? Yep. And, yep. Well, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. Um, I mean, the only real problem is I think uh, compared to last time with the uh, the Tokugers, they at least kind of they all got to show up and everyone got kind of like a solo shot. You know what mm. I mean? Like we, you know, the camera focused on each one, and then they were kind of fighting for a bit before transforming. Whereas here, they show up, and they change, and immediately summon the robot. And I didn't really get a sense of who anybody was, which you know, I mean, that's not that's not a bad thing, but just I, for me speaking, because I haven't really seen, I haven't watched much of the show. Well, uh, there's not much of it out, especially by the time this is what two weeks exactly, ago. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Um, this would have been, yeah, two weeks ago. So the, the episode five would have come out that weekend, I think. Yeah. So yeah, they hadn't been around very much, but, um, so yeah, they summon the robot and they start fighting with the great leader in the giant, uh, rider robot. And, uh, so meanwhile, everybody's fighting. Mach, uh, transforms to, uh, dead heat and fights, uh, Hiru Chameleon. He's running circles around him. Uh, there's a cool part where he, uh, Hero Chameleon, he can do this thing where he disappears, like blends in with the uh, scenery around him. So Mach does like the spread shot, like he fires up and all the blasts are coming down. And that's how he hits him. Nice. Uh, so he destroys him with his finisher. But then Cheetah Snail shows up and he slimes him. And uh, Mach is kind of screwed. He's like, he's stuck, he can't move. And you know how Dead Heat has that weird thing where like you can't, is it, you can't use it too long or something like that where like it it's, it's to, got a time limit it does basically. okay yeah it's a time limit so he's like uh-oh because he starts kind of heating up and he gets surrounded by monsters so uh we cut back you know we keep kind of cutting back and forth between the, the giant robot fight and uh riders fighting everybody on the ground uh, we got a cool part where we sort of uh focus on rx he's fighting jack shogun who's sort of his main villain um, surprisingly, uh, something I thought was interesting is Shadow Moon isn't in this one, um, despite the fact that they've got Karate in the movie. You would think they would have, uh, you know... Yeah, but there was a time to bring him back. Yeah, and I, I was thinking about that, and I realized, you know, in the last one, when they had X, um, Apollo Geist wasn't in that movie, and really, like, that would have been the perfect time to, you know, involve that character. Mm. in the movie so i don't know that was kind of it's it's sort of an interesting idea to do that to not have like the number one villain involved but uh you know he does this cool thing with the sword with uh revel kane looks really cool so yeah we we get a funny scene where drive is is watching the robot fight and he's trying to figure out what to do and he then grandpa shows up he's drinking tea and uh says well we got a new toy for you essentially so um Midnight Shadow, you know, which is, is kind of cool because that's like the it drives Ninja Car. That comes along uh, holding or, or carrying the uh, Tridoron Shuriken, which Drive puts onto his sword, and that turns Tridoron into a robot, which then takes the place of the Red Guy's robot. Yeah, I saw a photo of that. He's got Mr. Belt as a head, right? He does, yeah. Of course he does. 
He does. And then switches to Drive's head when it when it's combined with the others. And Drive yeah. appears in the cockpit with them, and so they're like, all right, let's do it. So they keep swinging their sword back and forth. Uh, and the other robot doesn't have a sword, so, you know, we know who's going to win that fight. So, uh, meanwhile, back down on the ground, uh, Mock gets blasted by all these monsters, like a whole bunch of, you know, a bunch of guys surround him, and they all start shooting with energy beams, and the time limit passes, so he starts kind of blowing up, uh, and, and it looks like, you know, Mock is, is in not good shape, and everybody's kind of like, damn it, you know, <laughs> like everybody's all mad, so they start doing finishers and start blowing monsters away. And uh, Cheetah Snail, he's going to like go in and finish off Mock. But Rider 1, 2, and 3 jump in At and this point, start... Sorry. Sorry, just before we go into the last part. Yep. At this point, it's all the main riders, except it's also all the Blade guys. It's, uh, alright, it's, uh, like, the guys The guys left are Drive, Mock, Rider 1, Rider 2, Rider 3, V3, uh, Stronger, Super 1... All four of the Blade guys, RX, Xeranos, Fize, Wizard, O's, and possibly Gaim. I, I can't remember. There's there's one other right. uh, like recent rider that's still around. Gotcha. Kind of in the okay. background. Okay, so Cheetah Snail is going to go in for the kill, and Rider 1, 2, and 3 jump in, and they start kicking his ass. It's really cool. Like they're, you know, Rider one and two will like run up and sort of double punch him, and then Rider three jumps between them. Like they, they really do this cool thing where they have, they give them a scene where all three of them are on the same side, and it's, it's kind of, it, it's cool because it's like it's the sort of scene you want that to see that character have, because at the beginning of the movie, you know, he he fought them and, and defeated them, and he's been a villain all along. But yeah, he's also been, you know, he's 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 been a a kind of a sympathetic character. Like you kind of. You, as as you follow him through the movie and learn more about him and, and learn what his situation is and he he has regrets and he, he kind of he really does want to like he said earlier if you remember he said you know what I'm doing now it's penance for for my crime and mm. you know, I've got to I've got to make it right I've got to make amends and when he was having that conversation with Drive during the race Drive brought that up and he and Ryder three was like oh that was just lies that was just to deceive you but drive kind of says you know no there was some you know there was truth to that that that's that's what you're doing you are whether you know it or not you kind of are on this strange quest to make amends and and make things right uh and so rider three kind of has has realized that and and decided well i've got to i've got to be a true rider and and side with the good guys so this is really cool so they're fighting cheetah snail and they kill him with the rider triple kick which uh, that was that was a moment that really made me, you know, pump my fist <laughs> in the air. Like it's long overdue. So that's cool, and they all pose. So yeah, the giant, uh, the ninja robot with drive aboard. They finish off the great leader. They blow him away with uh, this weird attack where like giant tires shoot out and there's a big explosion. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, and that creates this, you know, the vortex of energy. So time starts to uh, fix itself. So we go to the crowd shot where everybody was standing watching all this on TV and they all disappear because they all go back to wherever they should be. You know, the whole world starts to kind of fade away and stuff. So we get this really cool scene where uh, Rider 3, he's changed back to Kuroi. He kind of looks at his hand and starts fading away. And all the riders, like, 
come up behind him and uh so he's like well you know i guess this is it like i'm i'm gonna disappear and all that and he's still doing that thing with his hands where you know one fist he's got one hand and a fist and he's kind of holding it like he's you know shaking almost like mm. it's just really cool body language and uh you know everybody kind of they they sort of say these parting words like you know you did the right thing and all that and finally v3 steps forward and says you know you you were the real rider three and that's kind of the moment when you know he sort of his he's, his fist he unclenches you know like this yeah. this release and he kind of turns around and he has this it's a really good performance because it's not it's not like he's just you know yeah but you know it's it's very it's very subdued and he's kind of like yeah I, I guess I am like he kind of realizes you know has this great realization. Um, this is the one part of the movie, I think, where it, it would have been a little bit more powerful if it was the real uh, actor for V3. I think just, yeah, being just able a, to deliver that line. Yeah, Brooklyn. being able to deliver that line, because it's kind of a big, you know, that's a big thing to... Cause, He's mean, still around, right? The, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't know why they didn't get him for this one, but I don't know. Was a part of you going, hey guys, remember how uh, last time you saved that little kid by using your magic combiner rider powers? Maybe you should do that for this. No, we're just, we're just gonna <laughs> let him, just gonna let him die there. It's uh, it's a shame. No, because I mean the thing is, it as we'll find out in a moment, he doesn't exactly die necessarily, but uh, I think it. Well, I'll, I'll get to I'll get to that after I finish the summer right, let's like continue the story right. come back um so he starts he starts fading away but you know he kind of he fades away with a smile on his face and uh everybody else fades away too because you know time is being reset so everything's going back to the way it was and the cool thing is during this whole part you know we've got the black feathers that still kind of follow rider three around and they all turn white as uh you know the whole the whole world turns into this white blank space and so time is reset uh, we cut back to the junkyard at the beginning of the movie in the rain where we see on the TV screen the actual end of Kamen Rider where Rider 1 and 2 drove off in the sunset and uh, everything works out and then the TV explodes because that's how that works. So then we go back to the present um, where it's kind of funny because they got um, Sh- uh, Shinosuke and Kiriko. They're watching the kids drive around in the go-karts like you know what they were earlier except that was in the shocker controlled world whereas you know, mm-hmm. in the real world they're just doing it for fun so yuto shows up and uh he's got a newspaper with him and this part is really cool because you find out that in the correct timeline uh kuroi does exist and he's a race car driver and oh, so, cool. yeah, and, and it's really funny because on his um, jacket, you know how they've got all like the patches, like the sponsors and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's got one for the Tachibana racing team. That's, you know, the, uh, yeah. like, as in Tachibana from the original show and board from Kamen Rider Blade. Oh, cool. <laughs> Which it was, uh, yeah, it's a really, it's like a real, like, you know, blink and you miss it kind of thing, but it's, it's really funny. So it's like, yeah, you know, everything worked out for him, but then they kind of all get serious and like it's too bad things didn't work out for go because we find out that even though history set and everything went back to normal um go died and he's still dead oh. 
So Kiriko is like, yeah, my brother. Yeah, yeah my brother's dead. Yeah, she she is very kind of she downplays it, but there's a reason for that uh, that I'll get to in a minute. Right. But yeah, um, Mach is dead. And so we like we even cut to like mm. inside like inside her house where she's got like a little shrine set up for him like a you know a picture and, and incense mm. like that kind of thing. Uh, and they're like, well, you know, and and that's when Yuto says, well, you know, time and memories are connected. So if you remember him strongly enough, you know, someday maybe you'll meet again. And they're like, yeah. So uh, Trideron pulls up, and Mister Galtus like, <laughs> they're like, they're like, yeah, <laughs> sure. Whatever, um, dude. Trideron pulls up. Mister Veltus like, you know, Shinosuke, there's a, another Roy mute attacking. So they take off. So it's kind of cool. Like for Drive, the movie ends the way it began, where it's you know this is all like happening just during a normal day for him. Yeah. Like we even we even cut back to the crew, you know, back at base where the chief is alive and well in the proper timeline. He's like. No, where's Shinosuke and Kiriko? So they're, you know, they're driving to the scene and uh, Mr. Belt is like, you know, Shinosuke, what do you, he kind of like asks what he's thinking about. And he's like, I'm thinking about the future. Because that was a line that uh, Zeranos had to Rider 3 before he disappeared. He's like, maybe we'll meet again in the future. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's some goofy stuff with Zeranos, or with uh, Yuto and Deneb talking about shiitake mushrooms and all that. And uh, then we then we roll credits and we get this we get the ending theme song who's that guy, and they do this really cool thing where you know you know how usually it's like they've got the credits on one side and then like scenes on the other like after yeah. scenes and stuff in the, in this one what they do is they have uh, various scenes throughout the movie but they're illustrated so they're like comic panels and they're made to look like Ishinomori style, but oh, they're cool. characters from the movie. Uh, you know, so you got like Rider Three. Ishimori had a very loose, very cartoony kind of style. Yes, too. yes, and it's, it's a very, it's, it's a very um, sort of a simple, flexible kind of style. That reminds me of kind of like a Bruce Tim or a, like a DC animated that kind of where it's you know simple lines to get across. Yeah, lots of detail in some ways. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really cool to see uh, modern characters done. Yeah, like that's that. that's. Nice. I wonder who did the art. That'd be interesting to learn. I that's think. Fun. I think it was, um, there's a guy who works for uh, Ishinomori Productions. I, th- I believe his name is Hayase. I uh, could be wrong about that. It's kind of late, but, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he, he's really good at doing Ishinomori, like uh, sort of Im- imitating Ishinomori's style. I believe he was an understudy of him. Oh, okay, uh, cool. So, yeah, like whenever you see a picture of like a, a 2000s writer that's done in that style, it's probably by him, and I'm pretty okay, sure gotcha. he did these. Uh, and the way he draws Deneb is is really cool because it's like it's exactly the way I would imagine Ishimori drawing him, where he's he's very kind of like he's a bit hulked up, uh, but it it really it does look like him. It's it's really cool. So uh, yeah, so that's that's the end of the movie, and then we get a post credits teaser for the Rider Four miniseries where uh, somebody mentions that you know Mach is dead, and now we will begin our next evil plan. So. Uh, Mach dying is going to tie into that, and right. actually, in the in the very first episode of that, which is is online now, I believe, and I think oh, it's is been, it? oh, okay. I think it's been subtitled. Yeah, um, yeah. you got to be careful because in the first minute and a half, they spoil the end of the movie. So, like everything I just told you about, they'll show, and we also get the scene where Kiriko and Shinosuke are actually like crying over Go's death. So it did affect them. I think what happened is. 
in the movie it's almost like there's a time jump between when time reset and then like the last scene so you know they they did get sad about it they didn't just like they were just like oh he's dead oh well um i uh i don't think it is okay oh it isn't well, I don't think it's upsubbed. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I know the raw is out now because uh, okay. some people have seen it. But, but yeah, it, it's really it, watching this in the theaters was really funny because at the end of the movie, a lot of people are like, "Huh? Like Mock is dead?" Yeah, that's the, a ballsy cause, move. Yeah, because the thing is, the um, the writer for episode that's out, they the first uh, million uh, moviegoers get that free, like they they hand it out on a DVD. So it's actually, it's very clever that, like, the movie leads right into it. So, you know, you go see the movie, you kind of walk away like, wait a minute, that's how it ends? Like, we're having a mock, and then you can go home and, and find out. Although, I will say that they haven't quite explained um, what happened to mock. It, well, it, it's weird. You gotta you gotta watch Rider 4, but it, it's pretty cool. Uh, I'll probably talk about that when, uh, when I see the rest of it, because, but part one was pretty neat. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. So as far as Rider 3 goes and the whole, you know, could they have saved him or, or will he ever come back and all that, uh, my feeling is I actually, if this is like his one and only time where he ever appears, I think it's like the it's perfect pretty much. Like the, the, the story that they tell and the way that use of the character, I'm totally happy with it. Like if I never, you know, and I like that character a lot. I like the actor. I like the suit. But if I never see that character again, I'll be okay with it. Because I think they, mm. you know, they got it. They got it in one with this. Now, what I would like to see is if they ever decide let's do another rider in that kind of style. That you know, like make him look old school, but but do it like he was made in two. Well, they sort of are with four. Yeah, and they, yeah, they they are with four, and um, but you know, like as as a like a series headline kind of character, you know, mm. like next year's have you main seen, rider. Like, have you seen four yet? Um, only briefly. In, right. in in the first episode, he's he's only in it very briefly, but he looks pretty cool. Huh. So yeah, that's pretty much it. That's the movie. Uh, in a, a very long, very convoluted summary, but uh, it is a very long and at times convoluted movie. But yeah, <laughs> I I don't know. I really dig it. And um, but you know, I do have to say uh that. I do think my tastes are kind of unusual sometimes, and if a lot of people don't dig this one, you know, I get it, because it is, at the end of the day, it's still a, as I called it, a springtime Shirakura superhero spectacular, and, uh, you know, we've we've had three of those now, and you kind of know if you like them or not, I think, at this point. I, I think I'd kind of like to see something a little bit smaller. Yeah. You know, it, like... Because all the best parts are between like two or three characters. Exactly, and that's that's something that I kind of uh, I've been thinking about a lot lately. Like after this one, it's like where do you go from here? Because one thing I'll say is that between Ryder Tyson and this movie, I don't think you can ever have the writers fight each other again and make it work. Like if it's if it's new characters that's one thing but like after this like i don't think i could ever see rider one or, or v3 or whoever fight forza or or x or, or you know like that kind of thing like it's just it's been done so much you know throughout the last couple of years like even going back to 
um, All Riders versus Die Shock. You know, that had the big tournament scene in it. And, th- and that was pretty goofy, but it was fun because it was the first time they'd done it. But, you know, now we've had whole movies based around that, around heroes fighting heroes. And I know that's a thing that's always going to be done till you know, the end of time. But at least for a little while, I think they should kind of put it to rest. Like, you know, next year's movie... If, if they're going to have everybody in it again, then they should maybe kind of minimize their role or something almost. like I, The way I was thinking about it, actually, uh, on the way home earlier, I thought it'd be kind of cool if they did something where, like you said, where it's a bit smaller and, and have it focus on just, you know, one or like two or couple. three, just a couple of riders. And what they could do maybe is... Uh, set it up almost so instead of being one movie do it like when they did the uh the deno trilogy it was three parts and they released them i think it was like two weeks in the theater so you had two for episode red and then blue and then yellow and it 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 came out to be like the the length of a a movie run usually like you know Mm -hmm. a month over a month or so i can't remember if they were like two or three weeks each or something but they were kind of a bit more small scale and so to do something like that where, like, let's say, you know, in part one, you get Drive rolls into Futo and teams up with Double. And then in part two, it's, like, Fies and, you know, he, he meets X again or something. Or Rider yeah, 2. It's... You know, something like that, where you get, like, an old guy, a newer guy, and an older guy. And yeah. have it spread across, like, three parts. So it's almost like a serial where you kind of, you got to go back every couple of weeks to see what happens next. Because there is, like, a running... You know, there's something that that runs throughout each part, so you still want to see all of them. But each segment is it's focusing on just these two or three guys. Because I mean, I, I you know I enjoy seeing everybody come back. That's that's a sort of a tradition is to have everybody show up. But the thing is, like in a lot of the older movies, when they do that, it's always just for the end. It's like the final act. You know, the the hero is surrounded by the the revived monster army, and all the other riders show up to bail him out. But it's still kind of his movie the whole time. And I think they could do something along those lines. Because, um, it, it, you know, there's every year there's more and more riders and it gets really, uh, it gets crowded, hey, you know. <laughs> how long have I been saying this to you for? So, I mean, I'm, you don't have to yep. convince me. Yeah. Hey. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean that's, that's been my argument for a while is that I would rather see you know, 10 really good, you know, a, a really good movie featuring five guys. Yeah. Then trying to cram a bunch of, and as I said before, well, I've said this to you, but yeah, I, to me, the writers are the characters. And when I see this and it's just a bunch of suits, right. Mashed up. There's a part of me that's like, especially like you say, like that moment you were talking about with V3. Yeah. It sounds like that would have been a much more powerful moment had it been the original guy. Yeah, I mean, it's still it's still good, but it is oh, yeah. that sort of thing where it's like, yeah, that you know, you really wish that they'd gone the extra mile for that one, you know, just to yeah. just to make it work. I mean, how cool is the scene in in the last one where it's it's um, X and um, Takumi yep. sitting in the hospital in the rain. That's yeah. like the best scene in that movie. Yeah. And that's the sort of stuff I want to see more of. That's, that's where I think, yeah, uh, I, I think, you know, you do a good writer movie. That's got a lot of those sort of moments and high action, you know, yep. 
if you, if you don't have to focus on 30 or 40 guys, it's like it's closer to 40 main riders now, I think. Yeah, it's getting up or there. Getting getting up there, but um, you know, if you don't have to focus on 40 guys, yeah. Then you can do a like you can up the budget on the ones you get. You get more cool events. Look at Mega Max. Mega right. Max was perfect. Yeah. Well, the thing is, in that um, sense, I do wonder about uh, how the Rider Four thing is going to work out because I know that they've said they really want to make it, you know, above and beyond the usual. Like uh, up until now, when they've done the direct-to-video stuff, you know, like the Excel and Eternal movies, those were really good, but they were kind of, yeah, you know, a standout. The upcoming, the Gaim ones, they look really cool. But you know, most of the time, what it is is you get like the Net movies where they're a lot of fun. But they're, you know, kind of, they're goofy little skits and all that. And they, you know, they're more about let's let's just kind of have a good time and make some jokes and all that. They're not really concerned with telling any kind of big story or anything. Whereas with this one, they really are. Like, they, it's going to be mm. a multi-part kind of web series. It's focusing on, it, it's almost like what we're talking about, where it's focusing on just a couple of riders. You got Drive, Mach, uh, Xeranos, and Fies. Um, and okay. I, th- I think I'm not sure if uh, Garen will be in it later or not, but yeah, it's it's right now. It's it's those four, and, and it's them. Yeah, it's really them. Like it's the real guys, uh, yeah. and they're getting to do all their stuff. And I mean, it's really cool. Like it's 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 a lot of fun. So I wonder if uh, from here on, like this series, whatever direction they decide to take it in, you know, it, it would be cool to see more stuff like that where. You know, we can kind of get these these spin-offs from the movie where it, it does focus more on minor characters or just two characters, whatever. Uh, one thing I, I will say, though, about this one, uh, and, and you probably got that impression from how quickly I kind of went through it, was the inclusion of Sentai. Um, now, yeah. you know, I, I like, I, I don't mind having Sentai and, and Ryder crossover and, and the special that they just had, um, this weekend, so we're recording this, a, a week after the movies come out, uh, yeah. the drive and the ninja special. I really liked that. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, but again, you know, it was just really focusing on them. Like it, it ties in the movie. So you get a Rider three cameo, but other than that, it's, it's all drive and ninjas. And, th- and that was really cool. But in this movie, their involvement is so small. I mean, it's, it's less time than Tokyuja had. And since, you know, even in the last one, you had at least Curie Red showed up. So it kind of felt like, well, you know, there's, there's a larger Sentai presence Whereas this one, it's only the ninjas, and it's only pretty much to summon their robot, introduce the new movie toy, and then that's it. Like they, you know, they don't even really get a goodbye or anything. Yeah. Just like we did it, and drives like see ya. And I don't know. It it to me it feels like it doesn't doesn't work for either show. Like it for Ryder, you know, up until that point in the movie, it's been such a common Ryder movie, and it's been this real heavy-duty situation where people are dying and Shocker's taken over the world and, you know, Riders are dying or turned evil or whatever. And we just had this really dramatic moment where Rider 3, who, you know, as I've mentioned, is this very complex character, has this, you know, he decides, well, yeah, I'll I'll join the forces of good and I'll do the right thing even though I know it's going to kill me. Mm. And then, you know, the the... The ninjas come in with no explanation. I mean, even within the 
you know, the, the logic, and I, I'm using air quotes for that, but the logic of the <laughs> universe <laughs> that this movie is set up, it's like, wait a minute, how do they even exist? Like, where did they come from? Now, I guess it kind of, it, having watched the TV especially, you can kind of, there's an explanation for that sort of, but uh, in any case, at the same time, I don't really think it does Super Sentai any favors because it just kind of makes them look like the B-show, you know, mm. like Ryder's important and let's throw in Sentai because we did that a couple years ago. And and I don't know. I mean, I, I really, you know, I, I like, even though I'm primarily a Kamen Rider guy, I like Super Sentai and I want to see it get treated a little bit more respectfully than that. Like to me. They deserve better. Yeah, they deserve better. And, and really, you know, word up to me, I just, I wouldn't have had them in this movie because I just don't think it really, you know, it, it's it's a fun moment, but it doesn't add anything for them. Whereas for Ryder, like this, this adds something to Kamen Rider as a whole. I feel like this, this yeah. movie is worth making. It sounds, it sounds like the way to do these crossovers is the, the way they're doing the TV specials, the way they did the one for Gaim and Tokyuja. Yeah. And now this one, like, I know a lot of people didn't, but I liked the Gaim and Tokyuja one too, because, uh, it felt, while, like, you could skip it and it wasn't necessary, it still felt like it had a point. It still felt like the characters were there for a reason and that there was there was genuine, you got a sense of them both, which I thought was quite good. Right. Um, whereas this, I mean, this is the argument I've had against, you know, it's the same argument as just using the suits, except it's in some ways more insulting because they bother to get the actors in to just come and go, hey, let's go, guys, and then... Yeah. Transform and then that's it. And and you know, if you're gonna do it say if you're gonna do a crossover between them, do it. Make it epic. Right. You know, like Tyson one Tyson one was pretty epic. I mean they I think the 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 story had a lot of problems. Um, yeah, but, but it, in it, it, you can't the argue scope of it. Yeah, you can't argue that it was definitely a writer and Sentai movie. Like it was right, 50, yeah. 50. yeah. It was it was shared. And the premise of the two, you know, Shocker teams up with uh, a Sentai villain group. Yeah, well, I'm just saying that yeah. on a broad on a broad sense, it doesn't yeah. have to be yeah. them. I'm saying like yeah. a Sentai monster team and a Rider monster or Rider villainous organization yeah. uh, get together and you know take on our heroes, right? Or even you know do it like Marvel does. Or, or DC does multiple universes. Well, uh, you, I think you'll like the. Uh, um, oh, they do. They imply those multiple they, universes. Well, they kind of do. I mean, they they establish that they're cool. from different worlds at least. And see, that's what that's good. And Decade did that too when they, they the Decade um, Shinkenju one. That was a great crossover. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's the sort of stuff I like. I, I like the. The ones where you don't have to explain, you know, this big bad thing was going on. Where was Sentai this entire time? Right. Well. Oh, I mean, here they it, are. By the way, they got a robot. Got to go. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, I, I guess I sort of feel like, uh, for me, you know, having all the riders take place in in one universe, I've always been okay with that because I feel that Kamen Rider it's it's timeline or it's continuity or whatever you want to call it i mean it's a very amorphous blob yeah. but it's very similar to hyper time 
where you know things kind of merge together when they need to, yeah. and the rest of the time they don't. So you can have you can tell a story like Kamarada Black, where Japan pretty much goes to hell, or a story you know like Gaim, where the the whole city w- went to hell. Uh, well, and, the, the and, world is going to hell. Yeah, yeah the whole world is going to hell. <laughs> Especially, it's it's very focused on uh, Zame City in that case. Yeah. Um, or you know, anytime when the whole world goes to hell or, or something goes to hell. And you're like, well, where are the all, all the other riders? It's like, well, you know, for dramatic purposes, if you just had them come in all the time, you wouldn't you wouldn't have anything. So, I don't know. It's it's weird. Like it's it's the sort of thing. I actually think it'd be really fun to build a series around that, like around the idea of like what what are they all doing when they're not doing this, you know? Or, or oh, would that be awesome? Why have these you know discrepancies and all that? Like you know. It's... It's common writer like using using the older characters or using the um, uh, just you know like the, uh, using the idea of what ha- where have they been right. what brings them back together yeah um, oh you could have so much and decade could have been that yeah I mean I think decade it it really it tried to do something like that I mean the, th- the thing I'm always gonna like about decade the one of the things i respect oh i still like decade i'm not oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but i mean like in particular you know putting aside the fact that i actually do really enjoy the show one of the things that i will always respect about it is the fact that it really tried to feel like a big deal you know possibly bigger than it could manage uh i I think I've, i've described it as being it's sort of it's very like more than the sum of its parts almost where yeah you know, like it's it, even though it, it even though it couldn't be what it wanted to be, it still kind of it jumped for it. You know, it aimed that high, and it, it presented this grand idea of just you know this massive universal conflict. I mean, it was the it, it still is really probably one of the biggest stories in Kamen which is ironic when you consider the line that Wataru had in the movie about decade having no story but i mean even yeah. that you know that's I, I as funny as it is laugh about that it, it actually it it worked in a very meta way where like yeah decade is the writer who he himself doesn't have a story his story he, is everybody else's yeah he facilitates yeah he the is others, yeah. he is this weird in a lot of ways like like writer three is now where he's this he's this strange character who's kind of at the center i mean it's, it's different but the, a similar idea of this this writer who's kind of at the center of everything and is trying to find, you know, find his place in this greater writer universe. Yeah, I don't know. We could go on for a long, long time, but already I think this episode, if I don't end up splitting it in half, uh, is longer than the movie itself. So <laughs> I don't know. Do you have any closing thoughts? Well, I mean, I, I, I would only have closing questions because oh, I right. haven't seen it. Well, <laughs> um, well not questions, but like, so, in the end, let's say we've 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 now we've now got four of these. Yep. But really, two that are focused on Ryder. Let's say two yeah. are focused on on Ryder. Yeah. I mean, you, you're you, so you'll go see them regardless. Yep. But do you think they could get to a point where they're like, you know, where you're like, you know what? It's not even worth me seeing it in the cinema. Just because they've done the same thing again and again and again and again and again. That's tough because... Because, I mean, you enjoyed this, but yeah. even as you were talking, you were like, this is good, 
but here's some of the stuff they can improve. So they do it again next time, and you're like, well, they did it again. <laughs> I don't know, because, I mean, the thing is, that when, I, when it comes to all these team-up movies, or crossovers, or whatever you want to call them, I, I'd call them team-up movies myself, but they've all, I've always found that they, they, they work in this very evolutionary way, where you think back to there was a point where like if you wanted to have a rider team up i mean let's we're just focusing on the uh, the heisei era because mm-hmm. you know if you go further back then it gets complicated but in the heisei era you know the very first uh real stab at, at a team up was a hyper battle video where you had agito and ryuki and it was basically ryuki tripping balls and imagining himself in this alternate universe where all the other riders from his show are good guys Agito's there, and they're all fighting an evil version of Burning Agito, who has red eyes for some reason. Uh, and and like that was it. It was kind of just it was a throwaway thing, and it all turned out to be a dream. You know that that the worst of fictional concepts. Um, mm. And uh, you know that was it. And then a couple years later, we got Climax Deca, the um, Deno movie where Kiva shows up for about three minutes. And, um, you know, then a little later from that, we get Decade and, you know, all the movies after that. And the thing is, like, with each one, I mean, sometimes, yeah, they kind of, you can say that they sort of regress. Because if you think about it, we had uh, Mega Max, and then the next movie to come out after that was the first Superhero Tyson. And there's a world of difference between those two. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like they always are kind of... You know, they're always getting a little bit better. I mean, you just think about, like, the last couple... Like, I, I consider... I mean, even though, you know, like like we've been saying, the superhero Tyson is a series now. Like, to me, uh, Ryder Tyson in this movie, Grand Prix, they, for me, they feel like they're they're closer in, uh, like, spiritually and, and genetically closer to movies like All Riders vs. Die Shocker and uh, let's go common riders and and that's probably just because of the the rider focus but like mm. i tend to i tend to compare those in my head and you know you think about those and you think about how you know you go back to all riders versus die shocker which is still a great movie still a movie i really like oh, i'd prefer it to the actual end of decade yeah yeah <laughs> i do too actually um but you know, you go from there, and then you go to like a movie like Ryder Tyson, and in in that time, it's like, all right, we've got real actors, we've got the the real original characters. We're not dealing with alternate universes anymore, and yet it still all works. I mean, you can still have like it, it's weird how on the one hand you had Skasa running around with all the alternate versions, but then he fits in just fine. Like he knows the real Fies and and so on and so forth. So. You know, and it, it's it's all okay. Like it all it all works. So, I don't know. I just I find there is this this really cool evolution from movie to movie where, yeah, they're not going to get everything right all the time, but they get more and more right. Like you know, I, I started out this podcast saying that I do think Ryder Tyson is a better made movie than this one, and I, I still stand by that. But I do really feel like the storyline this time is a big step up in a lot of ways because i I like i like rider tyson but even i gotta admit that the whole you know why the riders are fighting each other Mm, is kind of goofy yeah yeah and this one i was really glad like 
when that wasn't the case. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, it was the first question I asked Paul. Yeah. I was like, how was the movie? He's like, oh, it was good. And I said, cool. Did they do the thing where the writers pretend to be evil, <laughs> divide each other? And no. Like, no, I'm like, all right, no, cool. They, all right, they don't. And I mean, even though. Now I actually care to hear more. Yeah. And, and, and even though everybody's fighting each other, again, to me, it's like, you know, this is my own personal bias, but. You know, evil mind control, that's something I can buy easier than the heroes are just jerks. Like, I don't know, that, that you know... This is a stupid plan. Yeah, 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 this is the plan. Like, I don't know, I can I can buy that. Because it's something that's it's been around in Kamen since the beginning, so it's like, all right, why not? You know, let's let's play with it. I do think it's the sort of, it's the well that they can't go to again now, because, like, everybody's mind controlled in this movie. <laughs> it's, you know... Is but the problem like... is, see, it's funny you say, you know, they can't, they can't go there again because yeah. they will is the problem. That yeah, that it's... is the thing is they will. I mean, it's like I've been saying, again, you know, I, I don't want again. to see the writers fight each other again, but I know they'll do but it. They will. And um, I guess it, yeah, you know, if they ever reach a point where I'm just like the hell with these movies, I don't know. It it may very well happen, but I I can at least say that it hasn't happened so far. You know, I've yeah. I've been watching these movies for God knows how long, and uh, I still enjoy them. Like I still dig them. You know, like I said, they're not perfect. There are a lot of things you can find problems with, and I know that there's you know a lot of people who have just kind of given up on like if they see Yuna Moore's name attached to a movie or they see you know the the word superhero Tice and they're like, nope, <laughs> not gonna like it. Mm. And you know I get that, but at the same time, I mean I gotta be honest with you, I I enjoy it myself. So mm. you know we all like different things, and it's, it's okay if you don't like it. But I can at least say that I have liked these last two movies a lot, and uh, I'm looking forward to next year's. I I do feel that yeah they they've it's kind of time where they've got to do something to kind of shake up the formula, as it were. Like, I think just doing another movie where it's all the writers get together and uh, they're all fighting each other for a bit and then they're not. Like, you, you can't do that. Like, you got to do something. you got to give me something newer. Almost in the way that, like, you think about um, you think about uh, Megamax, which that was the third of the uh, movie Tyson series, like the crossover. Mm. You know, we had the first one with uh, Double and Decade, and then we had the one with um, Double and O's. And then Megamax came along. It was like, whoa, this like this feels like a completely different. I mean, even though it's the same basic idea of you know movie A and movie B, and then they meet in movie C, the way they did it was just so right. much you know, like worlds different than the other two. Yeah, the reason that Megamax works and it, it's a well-made film. Yeah, it's not it just it's not just a cool story. It's not just like a good actors. It was assembled very very well, and yeah. that's not true. So, like, you know, thinking, like, the last one, I actually think one of the reasons it worked was that it was made well. The last one looked really good. Like, it had cool shots. It was well put together. Um, you mean Ryder Tyson? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the exactly. first time, Ryder Tyson. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this one is yet or not. I haven't seen it. Um, but some of the shit, like, looking at the trailers, yeah. the the car racing scene, in some ways, I'm, I'm interested in because I'm like, well, they haven't done that before no so that's kind of cool no yeah and 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 something i i gotta say is that you know if you're gonna do a big goofy action scene where you know the the reasoning behind it is kind of <laughs> a bit loose 
doing it at least as a big like vehicle seat that's great like that yeah. that is something common Rider should do i think because yeah you know it's they ain't common about, walkers yeah exactly exactly so anytime you can get the bikes and the cars and all that in there it's it's pretty awesome but uh anyway we should wrap this bro yes we should so uh yeah that that is it for this episode of Rider Break. And if you've listened through the whole thing to this point, you've been spoiled on everything about the movie you that I can remember. You clearly love Paul a lot. Yes, thank you for sticking it out. And thank you, Craig, for joining in and nope. keeping me focused. No Thanks worries, for man. listening, and I'll see you all next time. Adios, folks.